Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody glad they came to church already today? Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, I want to welcome you guys to church, and I want to welcome you to who are watching online. It's going to be a good day in the house of God today. So why don't you turn to a few people around you, greet one another, and tell them how much you love them real quick. Come on. Colonial is over with, and all of a sudden, everybody in town thinks they're a professional golfer now. That's how, that's how it happens. Like every year, everyone just all of a sudden, they're, they're now golfers. But I want to welcome you guys to church today. It's going to be, again, like I said, it's going to be a good day in God's house. Uh, right now, I'd like for us to just, uh, Elizabeth, why don't you come over here? And uh, I, I want us to, to recognize uh, Elizabeth Hoverman. She has, uh, we're going to send her on a short-term assignment. And I, I would say, is that okay? And some of you guys would say, no. It doesn't matter what you say but because uh, we're, we're in agreement. But, but uh, we're going to release her for a couple of months on a short-term assignment. There's a ministry here in the area that she's worked with in the past, and they are in dire need of some help with their worship ministry. And she's going to step in and, and help bring some structure and some transition. And she is, she's still with us, but you're not going to see her up here on Sunday mornings. But you'll see her around here all the other time, you know. So, but, uh, but just like any other missionary, because that's, that's really how we see it, we want to send her with blessing. We want to send her with the blessing of God. So the blessing of God that we have here and that she has, that will be taken over to this ministry, and they're just going to be, they're going to receive all kinds of blessing from us. So does that sound good? All right, here's the way we're going to do it. I want, uh, well, TJ, TJ, I know you're around here somewhere. Okay, there you are. I want you to come on up here. You guys are married. It makes sense for you to be up here with her. But, but I want, uh, of course, TJ, the family is still here and everything. But, but what I want, to, want us to do is I want us to commission her for this ministry. So uh, I'd like all the elders, uh, the staff elders, y'all all come up here real quick. Let's just surround them. And, and here, just kind of step over here closer, right in the middle here, so everybody can just surround you and inundate you with prayers. And, uh, and we're going to pray supernatural, special blessing on you. Come on up here, Pam. This is where all the fun is. This is where the action is. Uh, we love you. You love you very much. And, and, uh, and it's, it's, it's so wonderful to see how God takes, um, even takes a person who, who you walk through a whole lot of brokenness. <laughs> And it has bring restoration, and now you get to bring restoration and help and wholeness to to another ministry, and that's our heart as a church. That's our heart, 
and uh, you know it's it's you're gonna have a difficult time finding churches that'll release someone for a few months to go to a neighboring church to help them out and said we just don't do that but but I still I feel like this is the right thing for us to do so we're gonna pray blessing over her elders come over here and just squeeze in lay hands on her if you can't touch her put lay your hands on TJ and let's just pray blessing God we thank you Lord for Elizabeth we thank you for the ministry of worship and, and the songs that she she produces as well we thank you so much for her ministry and it's it's been such a blessing to, to this church family but Lord right now we lay hands on her and we send her with blessing and with anointing so that she will go and she will do great exploits for you and she'll be a huge blessing God even when she walks in the door let there just be a, a breath of fresh air because your kingdom is huge your kingdom is big and this is a kingdom person so use her to bless your kingdom in Jesus name in Jesus name so we commission you and we say go forth in the anointing of God the anointing of the Holy Spirit in Jesus name we pray everyone says amen 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 all right thank you so much and uh, again appreciate you guys uh, uh, Richard and Barbie go ahead and grab your microphones to come on up here and and so she'll, we'll be uh, meeting for prayer meeting like next Wednesday, excuse me, next Sunday evening. And, uh, and so when we do, she'll be back here with us. So if you want to see her, start coming to prayer meetings, you know. Yeah. See, the one who says we miss Elizabeth, he said, where were you at prayer? That's what I'm going to say. Nobody's laughing. It's like you're supposed to laugh at that, yeah. Some of you are going, oh, is that what you're really going to do? Probably, probably. You guys know me by now. All right, I'm just going to tell you the truth. All right, hey, come on up here, guys, and let's go ahead and get started. All right, all right, all right. So this is a time that we move into giving. This will be our giving time. And so I want to just, uh, uh, first of all, just let me just thank of all you, thank all of you that 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 are, thank you know that are regular givers to us, and and uh, you just you. Um, provide this way. You lay this path out for us to be able to do what we do. Keep the lights on. Keep the van going. Keep this whole ministry going. So we thank you for that. Um, now there's, um, I want to also thank those that are online watching today. Thank you for your generosity that you give to us as well. Uh, there are three ways to give that I want you to know. Uh, you can give online if you have the app. You can go to pull out your phone. You can go to your app. There's a heart down in the right hand side of the app on the Sea Life Church app. You can press that heart and you can give that way. Uh, we have the old school way. If you're, if you like writing a check, we can pull that. We'll, we can pass. We're going to pass the baskets here in a minute. There's envelopes on the chairs. You can fill out your check. You can put it in the envelope. You can drop it in the basket. Or we have a station in the foyer. So if you have a little change of heart after the basket's passed, you say, "Hey, I'm going to have the one I think I will write a check." There's a station in there in the back in the foyer when you leave, and you can drop it in that station. Um, I just think of, um, also, I think of scripture when it comes in Matthew 6, 24 was brought to me. And I have a kind of comedic mind sometimes, so I got to shape a little play on words. But it says, no one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. But my mind says, but you can serve God with your money. <laughs> so if you know you're being controlled by one, it might be that tight grip you have on your back pocket that's not letting it out. Might be serving money and not God, but you can serve God with your money. So I'm just, you know, I just want to share that with you as you think about today. And just where's your heart? And just, you know, if you're, if you're feeling that struggle, release that hand today, open it up. Give that check, that thing you might be battling, because you cannot receive anything 
with a closed hand. But once you open your hands, you can receive. And God is wanting to pour into you in the capacity. Remember, it's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. That's good. We also want to welcome all of our first-time guests. If you are here live in person, we are so glad that you are here. If you are watching online, thank you so much for joining us. We want to get to know you. So if you can, and if you are here, there's a next card in the seat back in front of you or attached to the seat in front of you. So if you'll fill that out, you can drop that in the basket as it goes by. Or better yet, after service, you can stop by the next table because we want to meet you, we want to shake your hand, and we want to give you a gift. Yes. So we want to get that in your hand for sure. So stop by and see us. If you're online, you can fill out the form on the City Life app and do that as well. But we want to get to know you. Yes. And if you're always looking for ways to serve, because we're always looking for somebody to serve, we have a way for you to do that. This coming Saturday, we're going to have a project day. We're kicking off this summer project day. It's going to be from 9 to noon. It's going to, we need any, you're a handyman, we can use you. I mean, we're going to be installing some light fixtures. We're going to be installing some shelves. We're going to, we need to put a handrail out. We're going to do some paint touch up. There's a lot of stuff that we need to get done, but it's going to, so we're kicking off this summer project and it's going to be this Saturday from nine to noon. We can use all the help we can get. If you need to get signed up, you can drop by the next table. You can get signed up. Or you want to go back to the app. Once again, we always have the City Life app. Just open that bad boy up. Ton of information there. Tap on Project Day, and you can sign up through the app to get 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 yourself out here and just volunteer. Because we love to see you get plugged in and serve in some capacity. Serving is such a great way to get to know yes. each other. Um, when we're sitting in the rows, you know, we get to greet, but we don't get to have those good conversations. And so when we're serving and we come for Project Day, that's one way to do that. But we have another opportunity coming up that I'm super excited about, and that is. City Life Summer Cinema Series. It's a mouthful right there. (laughs) And that is coming up just this next Friday. You do not want to miss it. It will be a family-friendly movie that is chosen by our staff. So you know it's going to be good. They're going to pick something great. Right, Jake? (laughs) (laughs) So grab your kids, grab your family, and bring a friend and come join us for City Life Summer Cinema Series. Yes. All right, let's pray over the offering as we get prepared to pass the baskets. Uh, Father God, we just want to give you thanks and praise as I always do just for everything that you do for and it's done for us and the promise that you just to have for make us prosper, Father. We just pray over the basket, the offering baskets passed, Father, as uh, we just pray as they prepare their checks and they prepare their offerings that, Father, that you give back to them tenfold, Father, what they are releasing to you today. Uh, Father, we thank you for this generous church. We thank you for this generous um, congregation. We pray all these things in your son's precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. And summer uh, City Life Summer Cinema Series, and I said it with no notes. Uh, I, I actually chose the first movie for this Friday night. So you, you guys need to come and see what my movie choice is. And no, it's, 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 it's not like... Um, uh, the, the Antichrist movie or something like that. I mean, it's it, it, it's 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 going to be a, it's going to be a fun movie, uh, but but it was, it's been exciting kind of planning this out. But it's going to be really chill. I think we're going to have like popcorn, Adrian. It's like popcorn and, and snacks and candy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and we'll only charge like five dollars uh, a, a hit for each. No, I'm just kidding you. It's not like the not like the movie theater in that way. But it's going to be a blast. So you guys come on out. Just very casual. 
And then like they said, uh, Saturday morning too. But these are good opportunities to connect with others and, uh, and share, just have some good shared experiences. But I want you to go ahead and turn your Bibles to the book of Job, chapter 19. Job is near the center of your Bible. If you're looking it up on an app, it's spelled J-O-B like job. Uh, but it's not job, it's Job. Job is the name of a dude, and we are going to talk a little bit about him, some of the stuff that he went through today. Uh, while you're looking that up, I just want to reiterate the, the prayers that were offered, uh, the pre-service prayers that were offered, and I don't think the live stream goes at that time, but you know, praying for the Uvalde situation. I, I just encourage you just to continue to pray over that. There are two individuals that I want you to pray specifically for, uh, two friends of mine. And, um, and they've, they've been here. They've even done ministry in our, in our church. But there are Nathan Timmerman as well as, uh, as, well as Mike McGee. And these are, these are men who have been dispatched down there to help with, uh, just, just to help with some pastoral care and some love in the community. So they're connecting with the local churches that are there. And, uh, and they're, they're doing everything from handing out Bibles to offering just, just counseling and support and encouragement. Because it's not just the families that are, that are impacted. This is a small community. Come on, we're Texans. We all know about Uvalde. (laughs) And if you haven't been there yet, well, then you haven't toured the state yet. You need to to just just drive around a little bit. Actually, you'd have to drive around a lot to tour the state. But but it's a it's you know it's a it's a small it's a small city and a small community really, and it's just heavily impacted them. We need to be we need to continue being in prayer. So please keep Mike and uh, and also keep Nathan in your prayers too. All right. Today we're going to be talking about rejection. Rejection is my big topic of the day. And really up to this point this year, I've been talking a lot about being on mission, on mission for God. And, and that's, that's an important theme that we're going to keep carrying on. But, but for a little bit here, I'm going to talk about getting healthy. Because, you know, if we're going to be out in God's army doing God's business, we also have to be healthy. You don't want to send a sick soldier to the front lines. And, and, and so really, I'm going to be talking about health. Next week, I'm going to start a series that's directed toward men. And it's called Godly Masculinity. And I'm going to have a lot of fun with that. And then ladies, you really need to hear it as well. In fact, in fact, you know what? Unmarried women need to be here. Especially unmarried women. Girls, young ladies need to be here during that series to hear what to look for in a man. You hear me? Yeah, yeah. I think the church is the right place to do that. So we'll be talking about that. And, uh, and, it'll, and guys, you'll, you'll love this. It'll be a really, really good series. But... But I'm talking about rejection today um, because <laughs> rejection, we think that it's not as common as it is, but it is very, very common. Having uh, spent my life in ministry, I, I see that it's, it's, it's there all the time. And when rejection isn't ejected, when it's not <laughs> removed from your life, it, it, produ- it really creates an open door for the enemy, for hell, for Satan to come and begin to work and to tear apart a person's life and just dismantle from top to bottom. And, uh, and th- the truth is, uh, rejection will hide. It, it's, kind of, it's kind of sneaky how it works, and, but it is one of the most powerful tools that the enemy can use against God's people or really against anyone. But today, I'm going to expose the work of rejection and we're going to talk about what we can do to eject that rejection, which takes me to the title of my message today, Eject That Rejection. Get it gone. See, rejection can be what's called a stronghold. Now, 
a stronghold, there's going to be questions about that. Well, what is a stronghold? Well, it's anything that has a strong hold on you. That's, it's really that simple. And, uh, and what happens is if there's a stronghold of rejection in your life, you, you're, you're going to see yourself uh, repeating these thought patterns, and you're going to act out certain ways. You're starting, you'll start to say certain things and do certain things, and you'll see it repeated over and over and over in your life. And it, you'll even begin to look for rejection, and you'll even begin to do things to cause people to reject you, and you'll begin to filter everything through the lens of rejection where, where people aren't even rejecting you, but you think they are, and so then you you just receive more and more of that spirit of rejection. It is a dangerous thing. There was a family that I'd worked with several years ago, not, not from here, a uh, long time ago, but this couple, they had, uh, they had recently gotten married, and, and they were planning to, uh, to have a wonderful future together and children and everything, and, and the lady in the relationship, she had a lot of rejection issues, and I knew that. We knew that from them for a long time to work through the rejection issues. But I saw something happen, which was amazing. I was able to really help her and talk to her about it, about saying, hey, this is evidence that that spirit of rejection is still there. Uh, and, and so I just, I really feel the freedom to tell you a little bit about that story because what happened is her in-law, or the, her in-laws, so her, the uh, husband's parents came to visit. And they were going to come and stay at their house for several days and, get, and just spend some good time with them. And they hadn't really spent any time together like that. But while she was there, she would pretend to fall asleep on the sofa, pretend to fall asleep listening to everything they were saying. And, and if they would say something that, that she would even begin to, like in the smallest way, take as rejection, she would jump up and say, I was awake the whole time. I heard you and I caught you. And it went so far as her, she would hide in closets waiting to hear something. Remember that? Hide in closets waiting to hear something and then come busting out of the closet and say, aha, I caught you again. And see, those types of things, that's, that's what a spirit of rejection will do to you. You start hunting for it and it's, it maybe is not even there. And then because of that, because of that, people will say, <laughs> just stay away from me. I don't want to do that. See, there, you're rejecting me again. So that's how rejection works. And that's, that's kind of an extreme example, but it's real. Now, I want to talk to you, first of all, about some symptoms of rejection. I, I'm not going to get into all of them. And please understand, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a counselor. But there are some, uh, there are some symptoms of, of rejection. One of them is rage. Rage is a very real <laughs> uh, symptom. Now, rage is different than anger. I want to... I wanna differentiate between the two. In the uh, New Testament, the Greek word for anger, excuse me, the, yeah, the, the Greek word for anger is orge, or uh, O-G-R-E, which means something that arises gradually and becomes more settled. So it's, it's, uh, it's angry. In fact, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 says, be angry. It, it does. It, it says that in the Bible, to be angry. But it doesn't say to lose it and just totally lose control. There's a different word in the Bible that speaks of wrath or rage, and that is the Greek term thumos. And thumos is, it's, it's really this, it's a blaze of temper which flares into violent words and deeds. So like your soul is on fire. Your soul is your mind and your emotions and your will. So it's like this fire that's lit, and, uh, and, and, it, and it controls you. It controls you. It, it's, there are these explosions of anger, explosions of, excuse me, not anger, explosions of rage and wrath. And that is one of the symptoms of this. And rage is a sign that there is wounding 
in your life somewhere that's not been dealt with. And one of those areas of wounding very likely could be rejection. Um, now, true anger is okay. It needs to be controlled but, but, uh, because we actually do control anger. That's what the word means. It's something that is controlled. But rage or wrath, it controls us. And, uh, and that's one of the symptoms. Here's a second symptom. Uh, another symptom is self-isolation. Self-isolation, in fact, the Bible tells us we are to be spiritually uh, dependent upon one another. We need one another. We need to lean into another one another. That's, that's part of why we have the body of Christ. That's part of why we have social events and, and even the, the project days, the work days. We come together here. That's why we have the small groups. And we need each other. But, but rejection, one of the symptoms of it is you begin to isolate yourself. You start to believe Satan's lies that are all going on in your head that, well, I was abandoned or I was rejected. And so you begin to isolate yourself from other believers, other Christians, in fact, anyone else. Uh, and it can be you're isolating yourself from your friends, your mentors, your pastors, your family. Um, you, you, you separate yourself from fellowship and godly influence, and it's a dangerous road to walk down. It really is. Now, here's another one. Another symptom of rejection is justifying self-isolation. So that's a step further. That's when you begin to tell yourself that you will not allow people in because if you do, those people are going to reject you and those people are going to hurt you. That relationship just isn't worth the pain. You might as well just keep to yourself. And you tell yourself, you, you, you're, you're, you're actually lying to yourself. It's the enemy kind of lying through you that people have already rejected you before you even see them. And so it's best just to play it safe. Just that's making excuses for it. Another symptom of rejection is this. Is it's a belief that God has let you down. And, and I'll tell you, nothing is further from the truth on that because God has not rejected you. In fact, he really desires to have intimate relationship with you. However, the enemy will tell you the opposite. The enemy will say, well, you messed up. God doesn't love you. God has rejected you. You're no good. And, and they're better. They're better Christians than you. You're just not good enough. God has rejected you. And I have no idea why I'm wearing a one of these. I, I'm actually wearing a rubber band up here, and it's just annoying me. I, I, this is not even a sermon illustration. I just realized, you know, sometimes my mind just goes to various places. Like, why am I wearing this thing? I was playing with it earlier, and, and there, you know, I won't shoot it at you, Donna. I'll, I'll shoot it at, at Jake, but all right. That feels better. So, so it is, it is this, it's this thing that you, you just simply believe that God has let you down. But I want to challenge you. You don't believe that. Do not believe that stuff. It's a lie, okay? Another symptom of rejection is hiding your treasures or your giftings or your talents. You don't want other people to see or to know that you have certain talents or giftings or abilities. And, because, and you might be a person who creates amazing art or you can have this incredible voice. and, and you can, You're good at public speaking or you're great at, at working on cars or whatever it is, but you just don't want people to know because you're afraid that they're going to criticize you, criticize what you've done, and then that rejection is going to begin to come into your life. And uh, it's, it's that feeling of somebody's going to mock me, someone's going to demean me, and that's another symptom of rejection. Here another one is this, is fear that others will reject or abandon you. It's like when you look at a person 
you see them, even, even someone you don't know, and then all of a sudden you begin to believe they're going to reject me. They're going to reject me. So you already have that wall up, and that actually changes your demeanor and makes you, whether you realize it or not, makes you less approachable. And people will see that, they will sense that, and a lot of times they will avoid you. They're not rejecting you because they're like, I don't know what's going on here, so I'm going to avoid that person. But those are some of the symptoms, just a few of the symptoms that rejection might be working in your life. So what do we got to do? Well, we have to eject the rejection. So in order to talk about this, I want us to talk about a man by the name of Job. His name, again, is not Job, it is Job. And Job is a man who lived in the ancient Middle East thousands of years ago, and he was a godly man. He had a wife, uh, seven, uh, seven sons, he had three daughters, he was wealthy, he was a respected leading citizen there in, the, in his country where, where he lived. Uh, he, was, uh, he was wise, he was well-known, he was loved, he was admired, he was extremely generous. He was just like the dude. He was the, the one, I mean, he was the dude. And Everything looked great in his life. And see, God took notice of him. God took notice of him, and, and God was very proud of him. So what God did is God set up this, this uh, kind of like a canopy of protection over him. God, gives, God gave him extra spiritual protection, which I believe God does for us. When we honor God with our lives, God puts a canopy of protection over us. And so God, God had done this, and and. and uh, Satan also took notice of Job. So uh, this is where it all gets really interesting. Now, I want to break the book of Job down for you very quickly. The book of Job actually has four different scenes, four scenes. The first three scenes happen very quickly uh, in the first few, uh, first several verses of the book of Job. And then the fourth scene takes up the majority of the book, which I want to talk about the fourth scene, but I'm not going to read the majority of the book. We're just going to look at one little small section. But I want you to understand what we're working with here. Uh, so I, in order to set this up, I need, you to, I need to tell you about these first three scenes that happen. First of all, scene number one is the throne of God. So Satan makes an appearance at the throne of God. And God asks him, hey, where have you been, Satan? He says, well, I've just been roaming around the earth. I've just been like, just looking for stuff, looking for trouble. And, and God said, hey, we, while you were out there roaming around the earth, have you, have you noticed my servant Job? And, uh, and Satan's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not happy with you, God, by the way that you protect him. Why do you protect your believers like that? That's just not right. And because obviously Satan had tried to, to uh, mess with his life before, but there was that protection that was there. And so he said, hey, God, if you drop your protection over Job, he's going to curse you. He, he's going to literally curse you. And God said, okay, well, I'll, I'm going to give you that permission. Uh, with one caveat, you cannot harm him physically. So none of that. So that's the, that's the first scene. Well, the second scene opens up, and this is in Job's estate. So Job is, is uh, again, he's a very wealthy man. He's sitting in his house one day, and all of a sudden there's this rapid-fire succession of events that all happen within, uh, within probably just a few hours. So there was this lone escaping uh, servant of his, and it would be an employee of his. He comes running up to Job, and he said, hey, all of your oxen and your donkeys have been stolen, and all the employees who were working and managing all that, they've all been murdered. So, I mean, Job's, oh, yeah, that, that's horrible. And then immediately, there's this other messenger that comes and says, hey, Job, uh, there was this meteor that fell from the sky, this ball of fire, it literally came down, and, and it killed all of your sheep and killed your shepherds, and I'm the only one who's left, and I just came to tell you this. 
while he's still talking, still another person comes running up to him. And this other employee comes up to him and he, he says, hey, there were three uh, raiding parties that went out and just did a raid over all of your camels and they've murdered all of your workers. So in this short amount of time, his financial security and his business had literally collapsed immediately. So while he was still speaking, another messenger came, and this messenger said, hey, all of your children, they were together at a party at your oldest son's house, and this tornado came and decimated the house, and they all died. So Job's response was to move into mourning. He just he began to mourn, but even in the middle of the morning, he blessed the name of the Lord. He, you know, he, he recognized that his identity and his worth did, was not dependent upon his family or his finances or his business. That's important. That's an important truth to, truth to carry with you in your life. So we move on to the third scene. So we're back into the throne of God. And, and they're there at the throne. Satan approaches God. And God says, hey, have you noticed how Job's living? And, and you know, God's kind of just rubbing it in because Job's maintaining his righteousness. He maintained his integrity even after he lost his children and after he lost his business. He lost his wealth, his livelihood. And Satan replies, and he said, well, yeah, but he'll curse you if his physical health is taken from him. And so he said, allow me to strike him physically, and he'll curse you. So God says, okay, go ahead, but you, you can't kill him. His, his life has to be spared. So scene four, which is the scene we're going to be indulging in a little bit today, is Job's house. So he is afflicted with these painful sores uh, from like this, the Bible says from the soles of his feet to the top of his head, these boils, and it's just, it's ugly. I mean, he looked ugly. He felt terrible. He was in pain. And, uh, and, and so all of this is going on there, and then Satan doesn't stop there. Satan does something extra, and the extra thing that Satan does is the biggie. See, all of that wasn't even what pushed things over the edge. It was the big thing. And the rest of the book of Job is about the big thing that happened from chapter 2 all the way to the end. See, Satan motivates the people around him to afflict him with rejection and hurl hurt at him and say things to him and say things about him. And that's actually where his deepest pain came from. Incredibly deep pain. See, Satan's final tool for him was rejection. And Satan will use that tool on every single one of us, and not will, but he has. He's used it, he's used it on, on every single one of us. So the rejection begins with his wife. His wife literally walks in on him, and she says, this is in Job chapter 2, verse 9. She says, why are, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. Okay, sweetheart. That was, that was his, that was the first bit of rejection right there. Well, thanks. That kind of gets my day off to a good start if things weren't bad already. So she uses her words as a weapon. And then, of course, his guy friends come around. They're going to like, well, we're going to hang out with you. But, but you know what? They, they, they start turning against him one at a time. I'll tell you this. When I was going through a very low place in my life, and I had lost a lot of friends, 
uh, I was going through a very low place several years ago. I decided to just indulge in the book of Job. I outlined it in detail. I, I wrote out personality profiles for each of his friends, and, and I even kind of assigned some names to those. Like, yeah, that's like so-and-so. That's like so-and-so. I mean, it was, I found the book of Job to be very therapeutic. Now, I'll just tell you, I was reading through the book of Job a few weeks ago, and it wasn't in preparation for this. It was kind of the catalyst for this. But I was reading through the book of Job of the week ago. I was like, man, I got to get through this. This is miserable. But, but I actually found therapy when I was going through a dark time. I want to just throw that out there to you. If you're going through a dark time, if you read it and get a supplement to go along with it, which can help you get through that book of Job, it will help you and it will encourage you. So his friends, one by one, they begin to badmouth him and they scorn him. And, 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 and they, they start saying, you know why? You know why you're suffering? It's because there's sin in your life. You've done some evil and you're hiding it. You need to get things right with God. Now, that is a big, big lie that the enemy throws on people. And I hear it used quite a bit in the church. I hear a lot of people say, well, uh, you know what? There must be some sin in their life because something bad happened to them. They got in a car accident. Well, they must have sinned. Like, no. <laughs> That's not what that means. And, and so I want to, you to be freed up from that. Okay, that's a religious spirit. We don't do that. We don't believe that way. But the, those friends, they start saying that, and they just keep massaging this message to him. And he's like, no, I haven't. I haven't. You know, that, that's like, you know the feeling. It's when things are not going so well in your life, and then your so-called friends come and remind you, like, hey, you know what? You are kind of a rotten person. If you've never had that happen before, I just want to tell you, it's not fun. It's not fun. You, know, you need to get your life right with God, or, or you probably deserve this, and that's just the way it is. So really, Job's friends, then they end up rejecting him, and it's making Job feel misery. His misery kicked in when his friends and his wife rejected him. See, he could, he could handle a lot of things, just like we all can handle a lot of things, financial loss or, or maybe the, the death of loved ones. But rejection is the worst because when relationships dissolve and people reject you, it hurts. It hurts. And every single one of us, we've fallen prey to rejection in one form or another, elementary or middle school. That's one of the places where a lot of it happens. Kids make fun of other kids and put them down and say things about them, about their appearance, and whether it's on the playground or the locker room, or the, the way they look or the way they talk, or because one person can do something, the other person can't. And, and there's, this, there's, there's, there's ugliness that begins happening at a young age in school. Maybe it was a parent that made you feel like, well, you were conceived at a wrong time. You were an accident. You were just an accident, and so your, your life shouldn't be here. Maybe it was uh, verbal abuse, sexual abuse. Those are all forms of rejection. Um, it could be the divorce of your parents. It could be a spouse who walked out on you. And, and it could have happened on a job. I, I don't know where it happened with you or maybe in multiple places, but rejection happens to all of us. So this is something we have to all deal with. And the problem is that rejection becomes this huge hurdle then that you have to overcome. And it, it does lead to depression. It does lead to rage. And it will literally eat you alive if you don't make a spiritual choice, a choice to do what's right. And I'm going to talk about those choices that we need to make. Uh, and it really all comes down to ejecting that spirit of rejection. So 
Here it is. Here's some, here's some things you should do to eject that rejection. First of all, know this. Know this. Know that you're not alone. You're not alone. Rejection is faced by other people as well. I mean, I want you to look at Job 19.13, which is where I told you to turn earlier. And this is where Job is expressing his pain of the rejection he's feeling. And understand this. Don't forget this. Job was the perfect model citizen. Uh, and, and, but nothing was more devastating to him than his rejection. Look at his own words right here. He has alienated my family from me. My acquaintances are completely estranged from me. I want you to grab hold of the pain. My relatives have gone away. My closest friends, they've forgotten me. Some of you guys can feel this, as you know. My guests and my female servants count me as a foreigner. They look on me as a stranger. That's like even his own like, employees and, and people he would invite over. They just don't want to be around him. Like, who are you? I summon my servant, or this would be like an employer or whatever, but he does not answer, though I beg him with my own mouth. <laughs> look at this one. My breath is offensive to my wife. Like, come on. I'm loathsome to my own family. And look at this. You, you can feel pain in this next one, too. Even the little boys, they scorn me. When I appear, they ridicule me. All my intimate friends detest me. Those I love have turned against me. Now, hear me well. Looking at that, you got to know this. You're not alone. Others have been through this as well. God's children experience rejection from friends and from family, and rejection happens to the best of us. No one can say, I am at the place where I will not or ever will not be rejected or can't be rejected or I'm above that or I'm past that because it happens to everyone. Another thing to do which will help us in doing that is not just knowing that you're not alone, is to know that Jesus experienced it as well. Jesus Christ, the perfect son of God, he experienced rejection as well, and he knows exactly how it feels. He knows how it feels to be hated and, and, and rejected by, by people around him. And even some of the people who were very, very close to him totally rejected him. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. This is an important scripture here. Speaking of Jesus, it says he was despised and rejected by men. Jesus was a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. If that happens to Jesus, you know, those things are going to happen to us. Jesus had been through it as well. And, he, and the thing is, Jesus even died as a result of that rejection. But he rose from the grave and he ascended to the right hand of the Father and he is there now for you. Jesus hears you. He understands you. Jesus is there for you. He hears your cries. And he can definitely do something for you to turn that pain of rejection into strength and into victory. So part of the strategy here... Another thing you need to do is to begin loving again. Just to love. Love is dangerous because some pe sometimes people will step on your love. I mean, 
you can read the entire book of Job, and you will never see Job hating back at his friends who rejected him. Now, I don't know if I could be that good, <laughs> but he never hated them back. And Jesus also, he just continued to show love toward the people that were uh, mocking him and crucifying him. How do you do that? You can only do that through the strength of God, through the love of God. That's the only way to make that happen. See, the core of God's existence is love. Scripture tells us in 1 John 4, 8, God is love. God is love. That's a core of his existence. And, and if you, so if you can't, ex- if you can't like, accept the love of Jesus, if you can't accept his love for you, even though he's the only one extending love out toward you, if you can't accept that, then the truth is you probably won't, no, I'm just saying not probably, you won't be able to get free from the bondage that you're facing with rejection. You have to accept the fact that Jesus loves you. There's a purpose for your life. He has breathed his breath of life in you. He cares about you. And God cares so much about you that he puts you right here or he puts you online to be watching, to be listening, to be participating in this message today. That's how much Jesus loves you. you've got to accept the love of Christ. And when you accept the love of Christ, then it comes back and begins to flow back through you. See, I I, I believe you have a choice. You can accept the love of Christ and let it flow through you, or you can accept the hate that comes from Satan and let that hate flow back through you. (laughs) It's a choice. Which one are you going to do? So the next thing you need to do, another thing you need to do, is to very simply believe God for deliverance. Get it out. Eject it. You don't have to, I mean, it's like you don't want to just sit back and say, okay, I believe God loves me. But you've got to get rid of that spirit of rejection. He, he can do anything. God is not disabled. He can do anything. I like what David says in Psalm, I believe Psalm 34. He says, a righteous person may have many troubles, <laughs> but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So troubles, yeah, but deliverance, absolutely, because I love how that word but is in there. That's the key word. That's the transition word. But the Lord delivers us out of them all, and that includes rejection. It includes it. He did it for Job. After all Job had been through, after everybody in his life, everybody in his life rejected him, then God delivered him. I want to quickly tell you about uh, Job's deliverance. And then we're going to pray. We're, we're, going to, we're going to do some spiritual warfare here in just a second. The very last chapter of the book of Job um, outlines his deliverance. And again, 90% of this book is, is about the rejection of Job by others. And, uh, and, but now everything changes. And you get to this very end part. And, and you can look at this on your own. I'll just give you the references here real quick. But first of all, what he did is Job forgave his friends. Forgiveness is essential to ejecting rejection. The act of forgiveness and loving a person in spite of their evil actions. It might have been horrible actions, but forgiving them gives you the opportunity to eject the rejection and turn your life around. He prayed for his friends, which means he prayed blessing over his friends. So... That's one of those points there. If you're going to eject rejection, you've got to forgive and you have to bless. Forgive and bless. Forgive and bless. That right there is is critical. 
In fact, that's the most important truth today that I'm, that I'm sharing with you. And I know, he's like, I don't have it in me. Well, you probably don't because you're human. But see, God, he pours his love into you. When you receive that love, that love can flow out of you. And you may not like the person, but you can love the person because God's love is flowing through you. And that, I'm going to tell you, I, I practice that a lot. That actually works. And it's very therapeutic for you as well. Like Job, you just bless the Lord in spite of what they've done to you and the rejection that you felt, knowing that God won't reject you. And so you're going to forgive and bless just like Jesus did. One of the next uh, steps in Job's deliverance is that God gave Job twice as much as he had before his troubles even started. The end of his life was better than the first part of his life. And I believe that if you can effectively eject rejection from your life, it, create, it opens up a capacity. It opens up the doors for so much more of God's blessing in your lives. Your life will be transformed. And another thing that happened with Job as he was getting rid of that rejection is Job's relationships were restored. Now, we don't hear about his wife very much anymore. I don't know what happened there. That's an unknown thing. But the, 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 the whole point of it is it's not worrying about her. It's like he is, he's doing good. We know he had more kids, so something happened there. But this, the, the interesting thing is the last thing is, the last thing that God blessed him with was the first thing that was taken from him. Or was, excuse me, it was the last thing that was taken from him, and that was his relationships. So God came back in, did all these wonderful things, but then God restored relationships. And, uh, and that sealed it up. There was nothing more important that could have happened than to have these relationships restored, and it can be for you. Uh, Jesus can heal messed up relationships. And here's another truth. God can give you some brand new relationships some brand new ones as long as you don't go into those relationships with the wall up afraid that someone's going to hurt you because somebody probably will but you've got to open up and God will give you new relationships and so when you get rid of that rejection what will happen is you'll have this glow over your life and you'll naturally begin to attract new friends that is truth right there and then as a result of ejecting rejection, the beauty of it, the story ends where Job lives a long, 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 long life. And it, it, it's, it's, it's even physically healthy to get rid of the hurts of rejection. Some of you, you've lived wonderful, godly lives, yet a spouse has rejected you, a parent has rejected you, and it hurts. And there's healing for you today. Some of you have been rejected from an employer. It may have even happened many years ago. It still affects you today. Let the healing begin. But here's that bottom line one more time. Eject the rejection. The way to do it is to forgive and to bless. We're going to do some, we're going to eject some rejection in this room right now. I want to do that. But the first thing we need to do is we just need to make sure our lives are right with God. So, before we go any further, would you just lock yourself in with God? And if you're here this morning and you are not in right relationship with Him and you're not a believer, I'm going to ask you to acknowledge that by lifting your hand so that I can see your hand. And then I'm going to connect my faith with yours and we're going to pray together. So if that's you, at the count of three, lift your hand so that I can see it. And, and we're going to pray together. You're going to give your life to Christ and that's going to begin to open the door for all kinds of new things. So if that's you, lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift it up for me. Lift it up for me. Thank you. Anyone else? 
right, here's what we're going to do now. I want everyone in this room to stand. We just stand real quick. I want you to be in an attitude of worship with your eyes just fixed on Jesus. We're going to pray a salvation prayer for the individual that lifted their hand. And congregation, I want you to pray this as well as an encouragement because salvation is the first big major step. It's literally the life and death decision. And then we're going we're gonna to move forward. We're going we're gonna to pray through some things together, all right? Let's pray, though. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your precious blood. I give my life to you. I give up my past, and I embrace the future that you have for me. Thank you for a new life. Thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Right now, here's what I want you to do is I want you to, first of all, just follow these steps with me. I want you to ask God. Right now, just ask the Lord. Ask God to forgive you of any hate or retribution. Any hate or retribution that's come from you toward others. Let's get rid of that first of all. Let's get rid of that. Just you gotta pray on your own. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer here in a second. But some of you, there may be specific things you just need to whisper to God. God, forgive me of the way I reacted in hate. Forgive me for the retribution that I did here. Forgive me. Forgive me. Ask God to forgive you. Pray these words with me. Lord Jesus, apply your blood to my life. Forgive me for the hate that I've expressed. Forgive me for acting out in retribution, for trying to hurt others because they hurt me. I know it's wrong. I confess my sin to you. I confess my sin in front of this whole body. Wash me in your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Now here's what I want you to do. I just want you just to lift your hands to the Lord. I want you to accept the flow of his love. Come on, just feel his love. Just feel his love. Come on, just receive the love of God. Some of you feel unlovely, but God wants to pour his love on you. God, God, just pour your love on your people here in this room. Pour your love on every man and every woman, every child, every young adult. God, pour your love. God, the lonely, Lord, pour your love on. Pour your love. Pour your love out in this place. Love of God, just to see it like waves from an ocean love, the love of God being poured out on you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you love us. 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 Thank you, God. Now, with that love in your heart, I want you to forgive a person or maybe people, maybe it's a group of people that have rejected you, maybe abandoned you, abused you, whatever. It all comes back to that spirit of rejection. If you want to get rid of the spirit of rejection, you have to forgive them. You can't in your own power, but you can through the power of God. You can do this through the power of God. I want you just to whisper it now. Whisper names. You can just say it very quietly, but just let it go. Let, let those people go. Lord, I release them. Release them. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them for that abuse. Just say, whisper the name of the Lord. I, even if, you know, some, some of the, it might be somebody who has already died. They're not even here, but you're still carrying the pain of rejection and it has held you back. Forgive them now. Forgive them. Forgive. Forgive that mother. Forgive that father. Forgive that grandparent. Forgive that brother or that sister. Forgive that ex-spouse. Forgive your current spouse. Forgive that child. Forgive that business partner. Forgive that boss. I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. Just say, I forgive you in the name of Jesus.
know they can't hear you, but just say it anyway. It gets into the spirit realm when we say these things. I forgive you. In the name of Jesus, I forgive you. Forgive you. Forgive you. Now I want you to, this is the hard part. Now you get to pray blessing over them. <laughs> this is hard. This is, this is the hard part, but pray blessing over them. Just do it. Just do it. Begin to pray blessing over God bless them. Bless them financially. Bless them supernaturally. Bless them with healthy relationships. You see, when you pray blessing on a person, you're actually praying the conviction of God on them also. That's a little secret that works with that. Come on, just begin praying blessing. Bless. God, bless them. Bless them with your presence. Bless them with health. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. If you have to wake up every morning for the next five years and say bless them, do it. Do it so you can be free. This, this rejection no longer needs to have a hold on you. Release it. Now I want you to release that person to God. Just release him to God. Just release him to God. God, I release that person to you. I release them to you. I release them to you. I release them to you. Again, even if they're no longer living, just release them. I release them to you. I release them to you. Thank you, God. Now I want you to address. We're going to address the spirit of rejection. We're going to address the spirit of rejection. It is a spirit. It's demonic. We're going to address it in the name of Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to say this. Come on, say it out loud now. Spirit of rejection, you no longer have a hold on me. You must go in the name of Jesus. I take authority over you by the blood of the Lamb. I have been healed. I am being restored. And I release you, spirit of rejection. Get your hooks out of my life. Get your bondage out of my life. Let the chains of rejection be broken over me. I no longer am going to have rejection as my friend. Come on, say it. Rejection is no longer my friend. Rejection is no longer my identity. Rejection is not going to be seen on my face anymore. Rejection is not going to come out in my emotions anymore. Because rejection is gone from my life. In the name of Jesus. Now just ask for God to fill you with His Spirit. Come on, come on, just ask God to fill you, flood you with His Spirit. Flood us with Your Spirit, God. Just flood us. More of You. More of You, God. More of You, Lord. Flood us with Your Spirit. Pour Your Spirit into us. Pour in. Pour in. Pour in, Holy Spirit. Pour into us. Come on, just worship the Lord. Just begin to worship the Lord. Just tell God how much You love Him. Come on, it goes right back to God. God, I love You. I love you. I love you, God. I love you. I love you. I love you, God. Just pour your spirit out. God, I, I ask you to pour your spirit out over this church. Pour your spirit out over those who are watching online. Pour your spirit out. God, work powerful deliverance today and infilling of your spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, just keep loving on God. The more you love on him, the more love he's going to pour right back into you. Come on, God's got this. God's got this. Let him in. Let him in. There's only goodness with God. There's only goodness with God. Come on. Come on, God. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.